Hi, I'm Ina Garten, the Barefoot Contessa. Welcome to the audio podcast of my show, Be My Guest. I've invited some really interesting people to visit me. Some are old friends and some are new friends. We'll share stories that will hopefully amuse and inspire you. And you're invited too. How fun is that? I'm Ina Garten. I love to invite interesting people to my house for good food, great conversation, and lots of fun. The wonderful journalist and writer, Willie Geist, is joining me for an amazing day at the barn. I'm about to get on a ferry, cross that body of water, and spend the day with Ina Garten. We're talking life. This just sounds like everybody's dream childhood. I'm not sure mine was quite like that. Ooh, I so, think we need a cookie for oh, this. I definitely. Let's pull up a cookie. <laughs> and surprises. And then your phone rings and hosts the <laughs> Today Show. You're making a terrible mistake. <laughs> I'm baking his favorite salted chocolate chunk cookies. It's perfect. I'm giving the garden tour, and then we're shaking up a bourbon sidecar to share with our other halves, Christina and Jeffrey. That might be my new drink. How fabulous is that? As always, you're the perfect guest. Oh, you say that to all the guys, I know. <laughs> I'm such a huge fan of Willie Geist. He's smart, he's warm, he's funny, and he's a great interviewer. And I found out that he likes chocolate chip cookies with salt. So, of course, I'm making them for him. He's coming with his wife, Christina. And after Willie and I talk, we're going to have drinks with Christina and Jeffrey. This is going to be such a fun day. So I've made the batter. And while I scoop out the dough, let me tell you how I made it. I put unsalted room temperature butter into a mixer, added light brown sugar, granulated sugar, and creamed them together. Then I added pure vanilla extract, two extra large eggs, one at a time, and mixed them in. Next, I put all-purpose flour in a sieve, along with baking soda and kosher salt. I sifted them together and added it to the butter mixture and mixed it just until they were combined. Finally, I added chopped walnuts, semi-sweet chocolate chunks, and folded them in. And that's all there is to it. So while I flatten the cookies, let me tell you about my fabulous guest. Willie Geist has been the co-host of Morning Joe on MSNBC for 14 years. Who do you go to? You go to TV's own Willie Geist. And the host of his own show, Sunday Today, for five years. Good morning and welcome to Sunday Today on this November 14th. I'm Willie Geist. I love his interviews because whether they're movie stars or legendary musicians, he's genuinely interested in the people he's talking to. He's warm, <laughs> he's so funny, and really smart. And I know from my own experience, as I've been lucky enough to have been interviewed by him twice. So what is the philosophy, Ina, behind this book, Cook Like a Pro? I mean, I've never gone to cooking school. I learned just by doing it. And I just, I wanted to share it with people, really accessible recipes. He's also a best-selling author. He met his amazing wife, Christina, in sixth grade, and he loves being a dad. He's all that and more. Nothing like the smell of chocolate chip cookies to make a guest feel really welcome. So 350 degrees for 15 minutes. And then when they come out, I'm gonna salt them. I hope Willie loves these. Willie's coming from his parents' place on Shelter Island. It's just off the coast of the Hamptons. It's a five minute ferry ride to North Haven, which is just 10 minutes from me. The ride across is so short you could swim it, but the water's a little cold today. So we're gonna ride this ferry that's been taking people since the 1700s across this stretch of water. We will see you very soon, Ida. I smell chocolate chip cookies. That's 15 minutes and they're perfectly done. 
So the last thing I do is I just salt them. I use French sea salt, fleur de sel. It's kind of briny rather than salty. And then you taste it first before you bite into the sweet chocolate. I'm just gonna let these cool and they'll be ready when Willie arrives. Okay, we're pulling up to Ina's house here in a couple of minutes. It's a strange sensation for me because the times I've been to Ina's house in the past, I've been interviewing her. Now she's interviewing me. It's gonna be fun and hopefully we're gonna eat some good food. Big shout out to your driver for this leg of the trip, <laughs> the great Christina Geist. I'm just gonna put these on a plate and then I'm gonna be ready for my guest. Mmm, warm chocolate chip cookies. Who wouldn't like that? Already. All right. See you later for drinks. Okay. Tell Ina I said hi. I will. Thanks for the ride to the play date. <laughs> See you in a bit. This is going to be such a fun day. I can't wait to see Willie. And I hope he likes the cookies. Back at the barn. Here we go. Knock, knock. Hi. <laughs> Come on in. Hi, Ina. I hope you don't coffee. mind I let myself in. <laughs> Everybody does here. I'm so you? happy to see Great you. Great to see you. It's good to be back in the barn. <laughs> You've been here a few times. I have, and the roles are a bit reversed today. Yeah. <laughs> You're always interviewing me. I decided to turn the tables. I love it. We'll have a little chat and maybe some, uh, and some chocolate chip cookies. Chocolate chip cookies with salt, <gasps> which is apparently your That's favorite. The key. Did I do my research you well? You really did. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm doing a little investigative reporting on Willie. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. How deep are we going here, Ina? <laughs> this is just going to be fun. An investigation of my scandalous past. Oh, I can't wait to hear. <laughs> so can I tell you, the funniest book I've ever read is Good Talk Dad. I was sitting in the kitchen, turning pages, laughing out loud at every page, and Jeffrey's like, what are you reading? Thank you. <laughs> it was, I love that, that you did it with your dad. Yeah. And, and your father and you seem to have a very similar sense of humor. Am I right <laughs> yes. about that? He had a column in the New York Times yeah. called the About F New York Famously, column. yeah. When I think about it now, it was amazing because it was pre-internet. It was 1980 yeah. to 1987. So he literally would just have to walk outside the New York Times building in Times <laughs> Square and go find a story three times a week. There was one he did up in... Uh, upper Manhattan where a barber called him and said, this is the 1980s New York. He said, there's a Volvo sitting out in front of my barber shop. The keys have been in it for three days and no one has stolen it. I think we have a news story. So my dad went up there and wrote an entire hilarious piece about why didn't anyone steal this car? It's 1984 New York City. And it was wildly popular. It was. Right? So was your childhood that much fun? It was. We grew up in suburban New Jersey, yeah. about 30 minutes outside New York. So we had the wonderful experiences of suburban America. and yeah. that uh, Go out and play. Go out and play. Right. Go ride your bike. Come home when it's dark. Played sports. We did all the things that yeah. kids do in the suburbs. And yet we had New York City within our reach. One of the things your father did that I just adored is he got an advance of $10,000 for a book. <laughs> yes. And like most parents of that era, they would say, okay, this is what we're going to spend the $10,000 yeah. for. But he put a note on the refrigerator and he said, how should we spend the $10,000? <laughs> <laughs> this and is And everybody my dad. signed up. <laughs> yes. What were the suggestions? Um, well, we, we, we needed a better car was the consensus. <laughs> so we thought, what if we got a better car? So for $10,000... Right on the nose, not a nickel to spare. <laughs> really? God forbid you put it away for our college or something. Uh, he 
bought a Jeep CJ7, a red Jeep CJ7. Red. red. When nobody owned Jeeps, right? And we loved it, and it was fun, and we bounced around, and years later it became, when I got my driver's license, my car. Yeah. At that point, the floors were rusted out. But <laughs> that car, that's what I learned to drive on that car that he bought with a $10,000 advance. Great? And, and that car went everywhere. It went fishing with you, Everywhere. Right? We stuffed our entire lives into that it's Jeep. It's just great, and it was fun. And that was It was like, fun. It just feels like your family was really in pursuit of fun. Yes. Your father was in pursuit of stories that were fun. The family did things that are fun. I just, I love that idea. This just sounds like everybody's dream childhood. I'm not sure mine was quite like that. We were like in our rooms the whole time. Ooh, I <laughs> so, think we need a cookie for oh, this. I definitely, Let's pull up a cookie. <laughs> Cookies help everything. Are we going to share one? Sure. Since it's... <laughs> Oh, I think we Cheers. should. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I survived it. Oh, I know. Mm. Not bad, right? It's perfect. Chocolate chunk cookies. <laughs> it's fabulous. And there's coffee. Would you like coffee? Sure. And milk? Thank you what, very what much. What do you like in your coffee? I'll do a little milk. Oh, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Mm. Perfect. Those cookies are pretty good. Oh, my gosh, they're good. <laughs> really good. <laughs> what is it about the sea salt that makes it so good? I think it takes down, well, salt always brings out the flavor of things, so it brings out the chocolate, but it also kind of takes down the sweetness, and the, the contrast is really important. When I'm cooking, I'm always looking for what the contrasts are, like um, what brings out the flavor of something, like lemon zest. Eureka. Yeah, and actually, you know, it's funny, I taught myself how to cook because I was searching for flavor. When I grew up, my, the food my mother made was so bland. It was like <laughs> broiled chicken and, you know, no carbohydrates were allowed. It was very rigid. Oh, well, my experiment. mother had a whole other level of, um, she was a dietitian. She was very oh. obsessive about food. Right. So there are things you couldn't eat, and the range of things was just, I mean, like no carbohydrates, which is kind of modern, but I think it's extreme when you're when you're a child. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you grew up in peanut butter jelly sandwiches. <laughs> yes, right? I did. Yeah, yeah. We didn't have those kind of rules in our yeah. house. No dietitians. We had nothing house. but rules. <laughs> it's just crazy. You yeah. don't want to bring up children like that because then all they want to do is make cookies. <laughs> and here and we that's are. who I am. Here we are. <laughs> it turned out exactly. well for you, though. It turned out okay. <laughs> So you and I get asked a lot of questions about marriages. You're the only person I know that met your wife <laughs> earlier than I met Jeffrey. Which is saying something. <laughs> Which is saying something, because yeah. I think we met around 15. Yeah. So you met Christina in... Sixth grade. Sixth grade. Yeah, we were 11 years old. Yeah. And you thought what? I remember, this is true and people don't believe it, but I had moved from the other side of town, so I was a new kid at that middle school. Yeah. And I remember seeing Christina and being like, hmm, she's cute. You know, you're 11, you're starting yeah. to feel a little bit. I didn't know what to do with it, but I thought she was cute, and that was the end of it. So you like were that. friends, you dated, then you broke up, yeah. you ended up at Vanderbilt together yeah. by surprise, yeah. right? We, we were, you didn't expect to. We were friends all through middle school, ran in the same group yeah. of friends. We dated briefly in ninth grade. Oh, oh it was just briefly. Very yeah. briefly, yeah. yeah. The, I was playing freshman football, and the cool thing to do back then was to have a little towel out of your pants with your girlfriend's name on it. But I did the thing where I wrote too big to start, yeah. so I got Christ, and then I'd run out of room, <laughs> and I snuck in the INA, so it looked like I had a religious so you thought So she thought you were interested in me then. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> right. It had a little Ina on the uh, bottom. A little exactly. Little Christ did you and know. Ina. So I, I did those kind of things, and then she realized in high school there were boys with cars. And, ah. you know, who were on the varsity team. You mean that you were the football captain and the basketball captain didn't really impress her? Well, I wasn't any of those things oh, oh, yet. Yeah. I just okay. had my little yeah. dirt bike freshman year, and it wasn't <laughs> as appealing as some guy with a car. And then our junior year in high school, 
we started, started dating again and dated through the end of high school. And I got into Vanderbilt and I was thrilled. Yeah. Somehow they sneaked me in through a clerical <laughs> error. And she was also into Vanderbilt. And then all of a sudden our lives changed. We thought, oh, we thought we were high school boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah. Now we're going to Nashville together. It's not a big school. And we tried to break up at the beginning, but it's just, it's small enough community where you couldn't avoid being in classes and yeah. seeing each other. So we did, we did break up for a while. And then we got back together, dated through college, and then we broke up after college. <laughs> she moved to Boston to work, I moved to Atlanta. And so in our 20s, we had our 20s. So she was yeah. dating other people, I was dating great. other people, yeah. which, you know, I don't know if I would have scripted it that way, but in hindsight was a, was important, you know, that we had these other experiences. Then they met up back at home in New Jersey one Christmas, got back together, and were married in Puerto Rico in 2003. Some things are just meant to be. So then after Vanderbilt, you went to Atlanta, right? Yes, thought, because a bunch of my friends from Vanderbilt had moved uh, there. Wasn't sure what I was going to do. Yeah, but it was a reasonable place to go. CNN News didn't have a job, but CNN Sports Illustrated, which was a new 24-hour sports network, had a job. And I said, okay, that's a foot in the door at CNN, and I love sports. Yeah. And I got the job um, as low as you could be on the totem pole, but who could be more excited to get a job in the media, working at big company like CNN, working late at night, working on weekends, working on holidays when the games yeah. are played. That's what you do. And yeah. then kind of going out in Atlanta afterward yeah. and building this group of friends and learning so much about TV along the way. Knight's larger-than-life presence has attracted the national spotlight to Texas Tech. He's built a winning basketball program and raised the profile of the school. But it's the kind of attention Knight brought this week that university officials would just as soon live without. Willie Guy, CNN, Lubbock, Texas. All right, that was a run-through. So did that actually end? Did they close the network? Yeah, they shut it down. What, how'd they um, do that? They pulled the plug on it. And, an and offer. New York was the obvious place to go. Yeah, we grew up around there, had so yeah. many friends, and obviously just the opportunity in media. Yeah. And so I got a job as a producer on a different sports show. It lasted for nine months. Just didn't work for a variety of reasons. Mm -hmm. And so the show was canceled after nine months. So here I was. I had moved up to New York, <sighs> a little bit more expensive to live in New York than yeah. Atlanta, by yeah. the way. And the last show was on Christina's 30th birthday. So I took her out to this big dinner and I had no job. <laughs> and, and by the way, I had no idea what was next. Yeah, well that's the second time that happened. Does it, but did this happen in, in broadcasting or was this, did this feel really unusual that you had two, two shows canceled? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of mobility in our business. Producers move around to different networks and shows and you go where the jobs are. But it's still, because that had, not worked out, I felt like, okay, now I've been at two things that didn't quite work. What am I doing here? And really at that point, at, I was 29, Christina's 30th birthday dinner. Everything was on the table. Law school, maybe, I don't know. Do I want to be a lawyer? Mm -hmm. So it was not clear to me at all that I had a future That's a frightening in television. Moment. We've all had that moment, a very frightening moment when you think maybe I'm in the wrong career. Yeah. yeah. And you just have to question what you're doing. You do. Yeah. And you're living in New York and it's expensive. And Christina had a job and she mm -hmm. did well. So we were going to be okay for a while. Yeah. But I just did, honest to God, didn't know what was next. And yeah. everything comes up in your mind. And 30 is the, the, the age that we all do that. That's when, I, that's when I moved to the Hamptons and bought a specialty food right. store. I was, it was a month after my 30th birthday. Oh, is that right? So I think that 30, you just think, okay, I have to get serious yeah. now. <laughs> uh, no, but you're, you're right. 30 is, well, 30 is also 
okay, we're married, but should we be having kids? We gotta get our life together here, and I don't have a job. So um, that was a scary moment. And God bless Christina, she she said, you're smart, you're talented, you're gonna find something, don't worry. But you feel, you're down. Yeah, Yeah. And, and thank God we both have spouses that really support us. We do. And if you have somebody there that really believes you're smart and talented and you can do something, you just keep going. Yeah. Which is, I think a lot of people don't have that. You just need one person. Yes, but I don't know, it'd be interesting to hear what she thought about that dinner on her 30th birthday, if she was as nervous <laughs> as I was. I'm looking at the check going, no, no cocktails. We're just gonna do water. <laughs> And, and then you got a call from the most unlikely source, Tucker Carlson. MSNBC. MSNBC. Yeah. The call was to produce the situation with Tucker Carlson, with Willie doing short on-air segments. Willie, what are you supposed to be? Same thing I am every year, Tucker. A hard-hitting journalist who asks the tough questions. <laughs> then in 2007, he was tapped to co-host the political show Morning Joe, alongside Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski. I, Joe, listen to me. When I ask you a question... <laughs> hold on, hold on. ...about anything other than Paris Hill. <laughs> Go ahead, Willie, answer the no, question. And the rest is history. <laughs> yeah, and that's 14 years right. ago. That's 2007. Wow. Isn't that yeah. incredible? Yeah, so it's been an incredibly long run that I never could have dreamed of. So when people ask, how did you get where you're going? Know, you probably feel this way, too. I don't really know how to explain it to you yeah. or give well, you a roadmap. I failed six times. And right. I, and then I tripped on something, and then it just looked over there, and it just happened to work. Exactly. <laughs> and you have to be like, honest that a lot of it is luck. If you don't think luck is part of what gets you there, you're just missing the whole thing. I totally agree. And you have to have the humility to admit that. Yeah. And it does, yeah. especially in your case, take a talent to be great well, at what you be, do in the kitchen and, and yeah. to be charming and to navigate all the things that come with these kind of jobs. You have to have done the work. You did the 10,000 hours. You yeah. know your stuff. That's right. And then you can actually do it. Right. But you also have to be lucky that the, it's the moment that the world needs what you're doing. And without all of that, it doesn't happen. Yes. Okay, I know the worst part of your job is you have to get up at 4 o'clock every morning. Yeah. That doesn't get easier, does it? It doesn't. People say, do you get used to waking no. up at 4? You just don't. don't. You, you just don't. Don't. The answer is no, but you learn how to manage it. So yeah. you're always tired, yeah. and I've learned to eat at the right time. Exercise is really uh-huh. important, even when I don't want to exercise. Mm-hmm. If I feel that slump at 1 or 2 in the afternoon, instead of taking a nap, I'll go for a run. And it gives you a little boost to get to school pickup and through the night dinner with your kids because I can't, some people who work in morning television religiously go to bed at eight o'clock and they get a full night's sleep. And I say, how could you do that? You know, I've got kids in the house and I want to be with them. They want to have a life too. This can't be everything. That's exactly right. 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 And so what I, I push it too late. I probably average going to bed at 10 o'clock so I get six yeah, hours. It's manageable. Yeah, it's manageable. So you did the obvious thing. You took a show a half an hour earlier. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the way that the name of this show came about. What happened? There was a show called Way Too Early, which still exists. <laughs> Way Too Early, not meant to be a cute show title. It's meant to be a statement of fact. But it started with Willie Guys. It started with me <laughs> in 2009. And at that moment, I had a two-year-old daughter and a two-week-old son. Oh. And I informed Christina, hey, I'm getting a new show. She said, great, you're in prime time? <laughs> no, no, it starts at 5.30 in the morning. She said, what? And I would leave the house at 3 a.m. then for that show. <laughs> and truly, I would walk out and the lights were on and two babies were crying and Christina has them on her hip. Oh. And I'd say, I have to go. And she'd go, just get out. <laughs> 
don't worry, just get out. <laughs> and so that was, I think she would tell you, that was a, another tough time. But again, she was supportive and said, I understand you think this is important, that this might help build something to whatever your next step is. And ultimately, it was. It was key to moving on to the Today Show. Yeah. It reminds me when I spent, I think, probably six years filming in our house. And, and the film crew was here for literally eight weeks, twice a year wow. in the house. And we were living in, I mean, we have a small house. It's like two bedrooms. One is Jeffrey's office and one's our bedroom. We lived upstairs. And I kept thinking, one of these days, Jeffrey's going to divorce me. I don't know how I'm you sure did you that. felt that way about Christina when, when she was up with two, two crying babies. And, uh, and yes. you were like, gotta go. Yes. <laughs> and, and again, that's the faith of a good relationship, yeah. I think, of... I take your word for it that this is heading somewhere. You know, like we're not going to be at 5.30 a.m. forever. My theory is that a lot of people stand on the side of the pond and they they talk about whether to jump in the pond. Right. And they're like, I don't know, it could be cold, it could be wet, it could be the fish in there, who knows what's in there. But you've got to get in the pond and that's what you've always done. You're always in the pond. And while you're there, a guy notices you and says, you know what, well, Natalie Morales isn't here. Can you come read? It's funny, right? I just got a little chill up my spine when you mm -hmm. said that, truly, yeah. because again- It still feels that way. It does, because again, that's mm -hmm. another time where somebody saw something in you that you thought was impossible. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the Today Show was a different planet. Mm -hmm. And then your phone rings and can you come over and fill in? And I say, mm -hmm. sure, read the news. No, to host. And again, to host the <laughs> to Today host. Show? You're making a terrible mistake. <laughs> but they believed I could do it. And yeah. so then all of a sudden I had to believe I could do it. And mm -hmm. I will never forget, and I owe her a debt of gratitude, and I love her dearly. I sat down next to Meredith Vieira, which again yeah. was a who's mind blower, best. who's yeah. the best. And um, you know, she's marking up her scripts, and I'm marking up my scripts. And I, again, couldn't believe I was there. And I think she sensed a little, okay, he's... He's a little fidgety over mm -hmm. there. And she just like a wonderful sister or a mother just put her hand on my back and rubbed my back and said, you're gonna be great. Isn't and that was that like, that, was, that touch was all I needed. And then you hear the music of the open of the today. Oh, that's I mean, my heart's beating just thinking about it. <laughs> that's the same song I heard when I was a kid in my living yeah. room and now I'm on the other side of that TV screen. It just, yeah. it's too much. You can't, you gotta put that away and do your job. But. I'll never forget it. And how long were you, was it just one day or did you do it? That was just a few one, days, day. one day. I think they want to yeah. see, how, see how it went. <laughs> and I guess it went well enough that I was asked to come back. And you were. I was in a couple years. I think years. that's where we first met actually. I was I, doing the Today Show and, and you, were, you were on the show. Yeah, up in yeah. the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I filled in for a couple of years and then they asked me to be a co-host of the third hour of the mm -hmm. Today Show with Al Roker and Natalie and and Tamron Hall, and I did that for four years and officially wow. became one of the co-hosts of the Today Show. Well, as we have mentioned, we are so delighted to welcome Willie Geis to our family on his first official day as the co-host of our third hour. Oh boy. So how do you manage stress? I mean, all of these shows are stressful because you never know what's gonna happen. You never know when a big story is, you never know when the, a crew isn't gonna show up, you never know, I mean, there's, just getting there is stressful. Yeah. What do you do? I internalize all of it and just push it down <laughs> and it'll all come exploding out someday, I'm sure. Um, I think, to me, and I've started to tell my kids this, the great buster of stress and pressure is preparation. Yeah. And so the only time I'm really nervous for something mm -hmm. professionally is if I don't think I'm ready for it. Mm. 
but if I come to your house to interview Ina Garten, I want to be as ready as I can be. Mm. I want to have read everything. I want to watched all your videos on YouTube mm. and all your shows. <laughs> Poor Willie. And just, uh, just <laughs> understand you to the point where we can talk like this and yeah. have a conversation. Yeah. And if it's going to be a difficult political interview on Morning Joe, I want to be as ready as I can be because they're going to say something that's not true and I have to be ready for the thing mm -hmm. that is true. And so I just try to prepare and it takes that it is. Three hours of TV is a lot a every lot. morning, and it can be long, and it can be stressful depending on the news. And sitting down with someone super famous for an hour can cause some anxiety. But I truly find that once I get to the day and I know I'm ready, it all washes away, as long as you're prepared. <laughs> <laughs> so are you a cook at home, or I think you're a griller, am I right? Um, yeah, I love the grill, and I'll go out there in the winter, Yeah. you know, knee-high in the snow, and just flip it open, <laughs> turn on the gas, and get going. Uh, we have a little pizza oven in our backyard. You do? I'm still working on it. It's not a gas. It's you've got to get the wood, wood fire going, yeah. and you got to really real get the heat. It's a you really yeah. have to commit to it. And I, my problem is I and never get that? it quite hot enough. I do. My kids have been very critical of my pizzas. <laughs> when they see me out there loading wood, they go, "Get the delivery number ready because this ain't going to be edible." <laughs> a lot of dead eye rolling. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's at it again. Yeah. At, at this point, they just they call the pizza delivery, and I head out there. <laughs> Music's a really important part of your life, isn't it? Yeah. But all kinds of music. Yes. I was raised in a Rolling Stones house. Yeah. I grew up in the New York area at the dawn of hip-hop when it was becoming a big mainstream yeah. art form. I went to college in Nashville, oh, became a country a music country fan. Music. Yeah. So we we're all over the place in the best way. Christina, for my birthday a couple of years ago, had two murals painted, and they hang in our living room. One is of Jay-Z. Yeah. The others of Dolly Parton, which I think tells the story of our life. I'm actually a Taylor Swift girl myself. Oh, I, we love Taylor you Swift. Do? I should oh, have good. Yeah, yeah. I love Taylor Swift. And I, I remember being at a concert that she did. I took my whole crew to a concert. At, it used to be called the Meadowlands. I think it's called yeah, MetLife Met Stadium. Stadium. It was 60,000 young girls. Taylor was probably 25 at the time. And she stood up and said to 60,000 young girls and me, <laughs> she said, we get so upset about what's said about us on the internet. But the truth is, what we tell ourselves about ourselves is so much worse. Mm -hmm. And I thought, what an incredible message that was for these young girls to stop doing that. And I, I heard it myself. I mean, it was really, you know, it was, it was, she really connects with how people are feeling. And I think that's what that music does for you, too. Yeah, we love her in our house. And she loves you. Didn't she put you in the squad at one point with all her friends? <laughs> I don't know that I was in the squad, <laughs> but we did connect for a while. The Food Network magazine had a, um, a feature on who pop stars or, or recording artists loved, and she chose me. And so she came here for a photo shoot that we did together, and then we saw each other a few times. Oh, she was in the barn? She, she was, was in here? the barn, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a big day. Oh, it was a big day. Just right behind this day, right? It was me and then Taylor Swift. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> so is it cocktail time? I think it's but time. But first, it's so gorgeous. You want to take a tour of the garden? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, let's do it. Can we take a cookie? We definitely take a okay. cookie. All right, let's do it. <laughs> me too. <laughs> You're going to run out of these cookies if I have another one. <laughs> Lots more where they came from. <laughs> okay, I'm going to show you a little tour of the garden. So I'm just going to take you down the shade garden. 
So what's your perfect day? You wake up in the morning and go, this is just what I want to do today. Well, I have to say, I think my perfect day does not involve waking up at 4 a.m. Yeah. being <laughs> shot out of a cannon onto national television. Exactly. So I'm going to go with a Saturday morning. Yeah. And Saturday means I get to wake up slowly. My kids come down, maybe wake pancakes or waffles oh. or eggs. Don't you love not having a schedule? Yes. That's. I just don't want anything on my schedule. I think that's what it is. Yeah. And then if you're lucky, you see some good friends for dinner that night or yeah. people come to your house and sit on the back patio for a drink and something to eat. Yeah, and so just, just really bond with people you yeah, care about. You have such beautiful trees. They're actually all crepe myrtle. Most of them are the same, just one after the other. And then th this is tomato world oh. and basil, herbs. Want a little nice organic tomato? May I? Aren't they, yeah, yeah, orga totally organic. Mm. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we'll eat our way through the garden. <laughs> this is actually a great place for sunset cocktails. And how much of this was here, Ina? So this used to be a farm. There was nothing here. So you built all of this? Everything. Wow. <laughs> Absolutely everything. I put the garden in first, actually, while they were building the house. Priorities. <laughs> I didn't know there were going to be leaf flowers going all the time. Well, but, uh, you but have that's some the neighbors. Country, yeah. Right? <laughs> you get any critters in your garden? Anybody? It looks like it's... Mine? No. No, right? <laughs> no. They're, they're all out there. Party at gardens. Who <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't dare? And this is the orchard. These trees are all white crab apples. Mm -hmm. So they bloom in the, in the spring. It's just all filled with white wow. flowers. We put these trees in when, <laughs> when I built the house. They were this high. Mm. It was a stick with two branches. And I thought, in my lifetime, they'll never grow together. And, oh you know, like gosh. 10 years later, they're all one kind of mass. That all it's Yeah. Up? Wow. But I love the crab apples on them. Yeah. And the birds eat them, which right. is... Very ecological, right? Sure. That's right. You're doing your part. <laughs> doing my part. So as soon as I finished the barn, I had the first party I had was for everybody that worked on, on the barn, the contractors and everybody. And and the guy who designed the garden um, said, well, why don't I just build a fire pit? So he put wood in here and then lit it. And the flames went so high. They were literally to the top of the oh barn. And I was like, oh my God, he's gonna burn the barn down. <laughs> Fortunately, he didn't. It was just great having the heat and the light and just the energy of a fire. I imagine in winter time you can be out here around yeah. this. Yeah, I think we need to make cocktails, don't you? Sounds good to okay, me. Let's go do let's it. Let's do it. <laughs> Fun. So Willie and I have had such a difficult day. It's been very <laughs> arduous to eat chocolate chip cookies and chat with you. <laughs> but I decided we needed a cocktail. So I was going to make sidecars, but you like bourbon, right? I do like yeah, bourbon. So I swapped out the cognac for bourbon. Oh, that's let's genius. Let's see if that works. Okay. okay. So let's start with the glasses. You're in charge of glasses. Got it. I want to show you what you're going to do. So dip just the rim and a little lemon juice. And a little sugar. You've already so won me over. Dip, okay. <laughs> a plate of sugar. Wait a minute. Weren't you valedictorian of your bartending class? That is good research. <laughs> That's amazing. I can't believe I remembered that. The Metropolitan <laughs> Bartending School, class of 1993. Yeah. I had a little free time my senior year in high school. Yeah. A buddy and mine went to bartending school, and we were the co-valedictorians. Uh, unbelievable. So I've got the right guy for the job. Okay, so first I'm going to have six ounces of freshly squeezed lemon juice. I know they've taught that in bartending of school. Course. It has to be freshly squeezed. Yes, yes. I need eight ounces of good bourbon. Oh my. Good bourbon, oh. not just any bourbon. This isn't just for you and me, though, right? It's for Jeffrey and Christina, <laughs> it's too. It's going to be a long I night if explain. it is. 
So what's your favorite bar? Where do you like to go to like a really fun bar like New Year's Eve? My what would you do? My favorite bar um, is probably my kitchen at this point in my life, <laughs> having a bunch of friends over to my house and sitting out back on the patio. Isn't that true? It is. It really is. It it's is. Really if you've got the right about. people and the right drinks, that's the best bar. So that's six ounces of orange liqueur. Okay. And then one little thing I put in is I marinated cherries in bourbon, that it's going to be a garnish, and then I take a little of the cherry juice and put it in. Yeah. So it just gives a little cherry flavor to right. it. Right. Okay, somebody gave me this cocktail shaker. You and these oversized <laughs> drinks, I know. <laughs> I've done that before, haven't you have. I? have. A little viral sensation, <laughs> I seem to recall. So I'm going to pour this in. How are your glasses? We need two more glasses. I went a little heavy on the sugar in the first one. I'm going to dial it back a bit. I don't know any man that doesn't like to may I? professionally. May I? Oh, <laughs> wow. That is, I mean, that's Is that a... big enough? <laughs> oh, okay. I can see he's done this before. It's been a while, but I still have the touch. The valedictorian at work. <laughs> okay, and I like this actually on the rocks. Yes, Just, I agree. Uh, there's something about lots of ice. Are we ready for this? We are so ready. Oh, my goodness. I don't know about you, but I'm ready. Oh, my gosh. And I have a garnish for it. How's that? Brilliant. Garnish oh. goes into oh, it. Look at you. Dried cherries. You have to make sure these are good, right? We wouldn't want to give Jeffrey and Christine anything bad. I think that's right. To well, the two of them. Quality control is very important. <laughs> mm. Delicious. It's not good. Delicious. Cheers. <laughs> so if you could have cocktails with anybody, who would it be? Oh, my gosh. Bill Murray. Because, really? Well, because I great? know he likes a drink. He's one of the funniest men who ever yeah. walked the earth. He's lived so much life from Saturday Night Live. When I interviewed him, he was telling me stories about the after party after the Stones played and oh. Keith Richards is passing a bottle of <laughs> Jack Daniels around and they're playing, you know, every song from some girls in the middle of a bar somewhere to Ghostbusters and all his interesting life. So I'm thinking about the universe of people I've had a chance to talk to in a formal setting. Yeah. If I could step out of that, that setting and have be, a yeah. drink, Bill Murray, Bill Murray would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. To Bill Murray. <laughs> to Bill Murray. <laughs> so I think Jeffrey and Christina are going to need some drinks. Are there, is there enough left now that we I certainly we hope so, although we've taken care of a healthy portion of it. Okay, here. I've got the garnish. I think we're going to cover four here. Yeah. You think we're going to do it? Perfect. You measured well, Ina. I'm not Perfect. surprised. Excellent. Okay, I've got two. Okay. You have two. Shall we? Let's go meet them. All right. <laughs> so how was the how was the day with Ina Ben? It was amazing. Anytime you can show up, knock on the door of your house, have fresh baked chocolate chip cookies and a cocktail waiting for you with Ina Garten, it's a good day. Huh? Well, hello. Are you guys Ina. Not Ina. Not Ina. Please do join I us. Spice pecans. No more treats. More <laughs> oh my treats. Gosh. I'm so happy to see you. So we saw each other on Zoom here. once, but we've never seen each other I in person. Oh, in real life. What a treat. <laughs> we we do. Cheers. <laughs> Thank you for Cheers. having Cheers. us so over. Happy to this see is so you, awesome. Jeffrey. So Thank you, Ina. Am I the only one? No, yeah, no, we're all. And I, have I haven't had enough sugar today. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that nice?
it's a sidecar, but we made it with bourbon for because Willie likes bur Willie. bourbon I better than cognac. Swapped out the cognac, put in bourbon. Isn't that great? Yes. That might be my new drink. I forgot. I was interviewing the interviewer, and I was making cocktails for the bartender, for the valedictorian. It was class bartender. I know. I wouldn't call him <laughs> a bartender. She's about to undercut me. I was around <laughs> in those days. Of his many accomplishments, I don't think I would put bartender <laughs> on that list. No offense. So this is the beauty that we're talking about inside: is there can be a headline. And Christina can come in and politely just tear me right back down and say, I've been there from the beginning. I know. Not so much. Each couple has known the other for, for, forever. From a, forever, right? For literally yes. forever. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes I'll be telling a story and Ina said, I don't know how that could be true. <laughs> I, I never heard that before. I'll just jump in and say, well, that's sort of true, but not entirely. Right. Or I'd say I saw a movie. She said, no, you didn't see that movie. That's not true. But sometimes the story's great. And in the interest of good storytelling, it's not That's worth exact, it exactly. to come in and edit. That's exactly But later. Right. But later. Right. Let's clean it up for the next Just show. Just to be clear. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Can I give Willie a pop, pop quiz? Oh, oh boy. Oh. Okay. Are we ready for this? Yes. You can criticize us on his okay. answers if you want. I, so I don't get a lifeline? It's <laughs> no. me. Okay. okay. You don't get, oh, you have a lifeline. How's that? Okay. Right. Here's the pop quiz. What's the one movie that you've seen the most? <clears throat> um... Boys in the Hood. Oh, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Caddyshack. I think it's Boys in the Hood. Okay. They're yeah. both right up yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> one food that makes you happy. Chicken parm. Oh. Mm. Always. Made by <laughs> Christina. I, Christina's chicken, yes. chicken parm. Best job you've ever had. Sunday today. Yeah, I knew that was it. The job I have be. now where it's I get to interview best. you. I hope Twice. You, I hope you always answer that question. I, yeah, isn't that you. great? Thank Worst you. job. Worst job was a landscaping job in college <laughs> that I quit. I've never quit anything in my life. I just couldn't do it. And am I right? Lost the lawnmower? Oh. <laughs> that, that was like, the lawnmower was stolen. <laughs> there were a lot of right stories from, from that job. <laughs> yeah, I left it out front and I went to play. You're finished cutting. I put the mower in the front yard. <laughs> the other guy I worked with went in the backyard and started shooting hoops on the people's <laughs> basket. And we came back and someone had stolen the lawnmower. That was an expensive mistake. Yeah. <laughs> you won't be a landscaper anymore? No, I don't no. think there's any fear of that. Just yeah. stay away from our lawn. Okay, well, I, I had my <laughs> eye on admiring it. Yeah, some of the hedge trimming work. I'd be happy to help out. <laughs> and finally, a question from the famous interviewer, James Lipton. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive? You were a great husband and father. That's wonderful. That's all that matters. I, I, think, I think that's a mortal lock. <laughs> Thank you. There's still time for me to screw it up. So far, so good. I think you're good to go. <laughs> oh, fine. Cheers, everybody. It was Cheers, so Ina. much fun to see you. Thank you for having us. So fabulous. Jeffrey, thank you. Thank you, Jeffrey. Well, I'd say that was a fun day. <laughs> Driving home from Ina and Jeffrey's house, and I'd like you to turn around <laughs> and drive right back. That was the best day. Thank you, Ina. Thank, Thank you, Jeffrey. Thank you, Ina. We love you guys. <laughs> we'll see you soon. We'll be back. Well, that was a world-class fun day. I love talking to Willie. And Christina is just wonderful. And very easy cleanup. <laughs> And too bad there's a tray of cookies left over. I think I know somebody might like these. Thank you for listening to Be My Guest. I hope you enjoyed it. 
If you have a moment, I'd love to hear your comments on Apple Podcasts. I'll be back next week with new episodes wherever you get your podcasts. Hope you'll join us. Hope you'll join us.